A story often associated with Borden said that in response, he wrote two words in the back of his Bible, no reserves. Even though John Borden was wealthy, he arrived on the campus of Yale University in 1905 trying to look just as one more freshman. Very quickly, however, Borden's classmates noticed something unusual about him and it wasn't that he, was, he had lots of money. One of them wrote, he came to college for ahead, far ahead spiritually of any of us. He had already given his heart in full surrender to Christ and had already done it. We, who were his classmates, learned to lean on him and find in him a strength that was solid as a rock. Just because of this settled purpose and consecration. During his college years, Bill Borden made an entry in his personal journal that defined what his classmates were seeing in him. That entry said simply, say no to self and say yes to Jesus every time. I'll read this again. Say no to self and yes to Jesus every time. Borden's first disappointment at Yale came when the university president spoke in a convocation about the student's need of having a fixed purpose. After that speech, Borden wrote, he neglected to say what our purpose should be and where we should get the ability to persevere and the strength to resist temptations. Surveying the faculty and much of the student body, Borden lamented that he saw as the end result of the, an empty humanistic philosophy, moral weakness and sin ruined lives. That philosophy about saying yes to self every time. One of his friends described how it began. It was well on in the first term when Bill and I began to pray together the morning before breakfast. I cannot say positively whose suggestion it was, but I feel sure it was massively originated in Bill. We had been meeting only a short time when a third student joined us, and soon after, a fourth. The time was spent in prayer after a brief reading of Scripture. Bill's handling of Scripture was helpful. He would read to us from the Bible, show us something that God had promised, and then proceed to claim that promise with assurance. Borden's small morning prayer group have birth to movement, gave birth to a movement that soon spread across the campus. By the end of his first year, 150 freshmen were meeting weekly for Bible study and prayer. By the time Bill Borden was a senior, 1,000 out of Yale's 1,300 students were meeting in such groups. Borden made it its habit to seek out the most incorrigible students and try to bring them to salvation. Borden's outreach ministry was not confined to the jail campus. He cared about widows and orphans and the disabled. He rescued drunks from the streets of New Haven. To try to rehabilitate them, he founded the Jail Hope Mission. One of Bill Borden's friends wrote that, he might often be found in the lower parts of the city at night, on the street, in a cheap lodging house or some restaurant through which he had taken a poor hungry fellow to feed him, seeking to lead men to Christ. 
Borden's missionary call narrowed to the Muslim Kansu people in China. Fixing his eyes on that goal, Borden never wavered. He also challenged his classmates to consider foreign missionary service. One of them said of him, he certainly was one of the strongest characters I have ever known, and he put backbone into the rest of us at college. There was real iron in him, and I always felt he was of the stuff martyrs were made of, a heroic missionary of more modern times. Although he was a millionaire, Bill seemed to realize always that he must be about his father's business and not wasting time in the pursuit of amusement. Although Borden refused to join a fraternity, he did more with his classmates in his senior year than ever before. He presided over the huge student missionary conference held at Yale and served as president of the Honor Society Phi Beta Kappa. Upon graduation from Yale, Borden turned down some high-paying job offers. It has been reported that in his Bible, Bill Borden wrote two more works, no retreats. William Borden went on to the graduate work at Princeton Seminary in New Jersey. When he finished his studies at Princeton, he sailed for China. Because he was hoping to work with Chinese Muslims, he stopped first in Egypt to study Arabic. While there, he contracted spinal meningitis. Within a month, 25-year-old William Borden was dead. When the news of William Within Borden's death was cabled back to the U.S., the story was carried by nearly every American newspaper. An introduction to his biography read, a wave of sorrow went round the world. Borden not only gave away his wealth, but himself, in a way so joyous and natural that it seemed a privilege rather than a sacrifice. I'm fascinated about this young man's life and the revelation and the purpose that he had at such a young age. A purpose so clear that he was able to trade the early treasures that he surely had by not wasting time in pursuing amusement as, as we read in this story, but working for a life of purpose and working for those eternal treasures. One of the revelations that I received at OTC's men retreats was about me working for my kingdom, for earthly treasures. I had become good at saying yes to myself. And God pointed that in my life, even though I have been following God's command or trying to follow in God's command, even though I have been trying to say yes to every chance that He puts in front of me for serving Him, I am still lacking a full surrender of my earthly kingdom to God's eternal kingdom. I am being challenged every day to live for God's eternal kingdom, that saying no to self and yes to Jesus every time. And this is a challenge that I want to share with you today. In scripture, Matthew points out that we need to make a choice. 
Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one or love the other. Or you will be devoted to the one and despite the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I need to decide. You need to decide. Who are you going to work for? Is this your personal kingdom that you're working for? Or is this God's kingdom that you're trying to work for and advance for? This is a decision that we need to make every day, every time. In John chapter 6, verses 1 to 15, when we read about Jesus feeding the 5,000, we learned that there's people chasing Jesus because they wanted what Jesus could give them, the early things that they will get from Jesus give you something bigger, something more eternal, something brighter for your life. In John chapter 6, verses 25 to 35, when Jesus says, He is the bread of life, Jesus is giving us a clear direction and purpose for our lives. Specifically in verse 27, Jesus says, Do not work for food that spoils but for food that endures the eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on Him, God the Father has placed His seal of approval. This is eternal life. This is life in the kingdom of God, a new heaven on earth. And only Jesus, the bread of life, can give us that. In verse 35, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. God through Jesus wants to build a fellowship with you and Him. If you have a relationship with Jesus, you will never go hungry or thirsty. God is the one that gives us daily provision our daily bread. And God is the only one who can give us what we need. Our objective should be pursuing that what God has to offer over and above what the world offers, higher desires, lasting treasures on earth and on heaven, real love and relationships with our close ones, our community, seeking God's kingdom, God's wisdom, His Spirit and its fruits, working for meaningful and impactful work that only will advance God's kingdom. Jesus will lead you into these things more and more as you say no to yourself and yes to Jesus every time. Now, how can we do this? Let's go over three simple steps. The first one, believe in Jesus. But this is more than just believing that Jesus exists. James chapter 2, verse 19 says, You believe that there is one God. Good. But even the demons, the demons believe that and shudder. So believing in Jesus is not just believing that He exists, but following Him, accepting His gift. There's an invitation to be born again, to be saved from our sins, an invitation for salvation. Number two, repent from your sins. 
Sin is equal to saying no to Jesus. Every time I say yes to myself, every time you say yes to yourself, you're saying no to Jesus. If you want the life that comes by bringing you here and for eternity, it begins with you starting saying no to yourself, no to other gods, no to the other idols, no to yourself. When I feel impatient and I'm ready to burst, I need to remember to say yes to Jesus and instead slow down and be loving with my people around me. When I feel tempted and I have an easy way to get away with sin, I need to remember to say no to myself and yes to Jesus. I want to share from my personal testimony. Before I met Christ, I was good at saying yes. And I was building this kingdom around me. This kingdom where I will only accept people that I liked. People that will accept me as I was. People that will agree with what I said and thought. And I will just shut down everybody that will disagree with me. People that I won't like. People that will make me feel uncomfortable or challenge me. I was building this kingdom. Then I got married, have a couple of girls. I had to extend this kingdom, right? Share my kingdom with them. And then 10 years ago, I met Christ, gave him my life. And I started to work on turning down that, build, that kingdom and working for his kingdom. I had to turn down a lot of things from my past, a lot of habits, a lot of traditions, a lot of things that I liked to say yes to Jesus. And I'm still going to work on that until I die. I'm not going to be perfect and every time say yes to Jesus, but I'm going to do my best effort to every time remember I need to put God's kingdom first. The book of Acts Chapter 2, verse 38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit that will help you saying yes to Jesus every time. Number three, receive God's salvation through Jesus. Receive God's gift. The book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. And if you haven't done this before, if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus yet, today is the day. Let's all bow our heads, close our eyes. And I'm going to give you the opportunity, you that want to surrender your life to Jesus, today is the day. If you're going to do that, please follow my prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me and for wanting me to depend only on you. I believe Jesus is the Lord. And that Jesus died for my sins in the cross. 
Please forgive me for my sins, for having dependent on my work and other people instead of depending on you. I want to trust you and I will do whatever you tell me to do, even if it doesn't always make sense. I want to follow you. Help me to remember that you are all that I will ever need and that you are my only and enough Savior and provider. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. If you have prayed this prayer and you want to help, you want us to help you with sorting this out, there's going to be a prayer team in the last song, so please stand up and please come. This will help you. And what about you that you have already received Jesus in your heart? What about you that you already surrender your life to Jesus? Believing in Jesus is following Him. Doing what He says we must do with intentionality on a daily basis. Let's pray with me. I believe you, Jesus, your words to me, your promise of life. So I seek your will and try to please you in everything I do. I believe you when you say that the narrow path of trust and obedience will lead to full fullness of life on earth and beyond death. Father, help me to see that one primary purpose in life is to show love to those around me. Jesus, I want to seek your will and to you every time. I do believe it is the best. Help me see when I am saying no to you and quickly turn to yes. Father, you have commanded me to love others around me. Help me do that well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, if you want help with that decision, prayer team will be up in the last song. And let's continue with four things to remember. No matter where you are in your walk with Jesus, we're going to walk this through these four things that will be helpful for you. The first one is God is all you need. God is all you need. You don't need the government. You don't need your work. You don't need anybody. Only God. Your ultimate provider is God. He is the one giving you the ability, the health, the opportunities to perform, to work, and to provide for your families. The book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. As Wes said, let's not get confused. Our provider is God. Number two. Where God guides, God provides. When God tells you to do something, do it immediately. Because when God gives you direction, God will also give you what you need to get there. In the book of Isaiah, chapters 58, verse 11, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring hose waters, whose waters never fail. Number three, you must trust God one day at a time. Some of our problems persist after 
days. They go days by day. Some of them just come suddenly. So we need to work on resisting that temptation every day. We need to trust God every day by following what He's telling us to do. We need to make sure that we are not distracted because temptation comes when we are walking away from God. The book of Matthew chapter 6 says in verse 11, Give us today our daily bread. We need to ask God daily for this provision. Number four, God promises to work when you are obedient. It is through obedience that God's word that we can build treasures in heaven. Following his purpose in our lives, walking the path that God has set for us, working the good works that he has prepared for us. In the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 6 to 8, we can read, God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. Going back to William Burden's story, was Burden's ultimately death a waste? Not in God's perspective. As the story has it, prior to his death, Burden had written two more words in the back of his Bible. Under the words, no reserves and no, retir no retreats, he is reported to have written no regrets. On my deathbed, I will not regret every time I said yes to Jesus. I will regret the no's. Let's help each other to say yes to Jesus every time. 